Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Marketing Insights, brought to you by Social Southern Creative, the one-stop shop for all of your real estate marketing needs. In today's fast-paced environment, standing out from the competition is more important than ever. As a leading marketing company specializing in the real estate industry, we understand the unique challenges that real estate professionals face in marketing their business and properties effectively. Join us as we explore the latest marketing trends, provide insights on effective strategies, and highlight success stories of our clients. So whether you're a real estate agent, broker, developer, or simply interested in the world of real estate marketing, we're excited for you to join us. Thank you for tuning in to Social Southern Creative. Hey, Nina. Hey, Steph. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So let's just tell the people. Let's, let's tell them. Yeah. All right. right in. This is meant to be a bingeable episode. The episode that you listen to when you just have a quick 15 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be jam-packed full of info. If you want to take out a pen and paper, go for it. No pressure. You just re-listen to it. But we're going to have a lot. Of, we have quite a few tips in here for you. Yeah. So. And it's jam-packed. So let's go. All right. It's the 10 most common myths we hear in marketing. Let's start with the first one, which I think the first one I'm going to get some really big backlash. And it's not to say that this entire sentence is a myth. It's just, let's break it down. So the first myth is marketing or making targeted, excellent content will guarantee you followers. Like sometimes you just got like the same with the algorithm and everything. Sometimes it just doesn't work. You can make the best content, the best everything, but it's just not, there's just no guarantees in life, unfortunately. Right. So while the plan should be to make targeted, valuable content, Mm -hmm. honestly, people are fatigued because let's say I search baseball. Yeah. Um, It's going to then show me 50 baseball videos. And by the video what number 30 you're fatigued you're tired so the same way so let's say someone was searching real estate and they were watching reels or tiktoks Mm -hmm. by the time they get to the 20th or 30th one of value pack content they are fatigued of that right but what typically people do not get fatigued of is realness yeah that authenticity and that like because i mean you're like if they're watching a video of you you're going to be different from those other people authentically your authentic self is going to be different but the that information might be the same but the delivery needs to be different so yes so come across real and i think you will see that you can go a lot further right don't Don't try and appeal to everyone by making or like like it's good to have like your niche and try and get that target audience but like no one likes to be creeped out or feel like their phone is listening to them so if you make this like very targeted very specific advertisements or like videos I feel like it I mean it turns me off it scares me sometimes you know like to be like oh I feel like it's weird we might like someone's watching me through my phone you know so real and work your messages in through realness and that will grow followers more than anything right all right the next one is oh this one's big that social media posting is marketing social media is a tool and the way I kind of broke this down to Nina when we were talking about it the way I felt or thing that came to mind is Your marketing is a Swiss army knife. It has many facets. So a Swiss army knife, I don't know, is worth 40 to $60 roughly, depending on the size. Mm -hmm. A fork can be purchased at your local Target or Walmart for $3. So what that tells you is the value is in the entire thing, the entire knife with all the components. The same with your social media. It's while it has some value to it it's more valuable if it's part of a bigger marketing plan right absolutely and like if you have a fork that's a matching set that's way more valuable i could just go steal a a fork from a restaurant please don't steal Uh, but i mean i could just i i I totally could and how much value do those forks have now it's part of that it's part of it being 
of the whole, you know? That fork and that Swiss Army knife is way more valuable than just some random fork. Exactly. So the same is for your marketing. Make sure that it encompasses many parts. So some in-person marketing, take a look at your branding, take a look at your personal brand. It just needs to be, people think they can post on social media and they have performed marketing and that's not the case. Or they focus all their energy on posting on their social media and then they're like, well, where's all my business? What's happening? You know, it's more like, not to say that it's not a great tool. It is. It's awesome. It's great for engagement. It's great to get your voice out there, but it can't be the end all be all. You know, you got to have a few more things on the agenda if you want to really have a full circle marketing plan. Exactly. So while we teach social media marketing, it has to be a lot more encompassing to do a true marketing plan that's productive. The next myth is you can hire someone to rank you number one on Google. If that was the case, all companies that take in over a million dollars in profits would hire to be number one on Google. There are just so many things that go into that number one ranking. Right. Yes, you can pay for ads and get to the top. You can, you can like you can see the sponsored yeah. ads, you know. But it takes time. It can take up to a year to two years. Consistent uh, changes and consistently updating your Google My Business, having blog posts that optimize for keywords. Yeah, looking uh, into that the search engine optimization that we've talked about before. Like when you can really hone in on that, it can help you get that better. Yeah, absolutely. You wanna you wanna definitely make sure you're you're taking a look at that. Making sure that all your profiles are linked. If you can get backlinked on other people's websites, that's an excellent way. But what I'm trying to say here, and we won't dive deep into this because this is a short episode, is that ranking on Google is hard, it's long, and it takes time, and it takes effort. Mm -hmm. If you could just pay to get it done, then everyone would just pay to get it done. Yeah. So don't be discouraged. (laughs) Don't feel like you have to, you know, be this, like, multi-million dollar business to rank number one. You just have to be consistent and it's, it's like working out. You're not going to have a six-pack in a day. But if you're consistent with it and you um, stick to your plan and, you know, maybe reevaluate here and there when necessary, you can get there. You, or at least you can increase your ranking. Oh, absolutely. The next one is, if I go viral, my business will explode. Okay, so I always say this in our classes. Do not let your success fall to the weight of growth so many people they pray for growth they hope for growth they work for growth they start to get it and they weren't built for that so there's two things i want to speak into um going viral and explain that a little bit more when you mean built for that like as in i think she means more like set up to handle that you know like a lot of businesses when they go i've seen it on tiktok and i love it for them but like they'll send these pleading videos out a few like they'll post like a month after going viral be like thank you so much for all your support I'm backlogged for three months, so please stop ordering from me. Love you. See you in three months kind of thing, you know? like, And uh, that's great for them that they, they went viral and they made that pop and they made that boom. But how much more awesome would it be if they had those systems set up to be able to handle that, you know? Not to say that you can plan for everything, but if you can already have all your ducks in a row to be able to handle mm-hmm. business as it increases. And if you were to get a major influx, that's Yeah, you want to have systems in place to handle that growth for sure. The other flip side to that is that the viralness, I don't know if viralness is a real word, (laughs) doesn't always last. And I use the example of John and Kate plus eight. They had wild success in, I guess, the late, like 2000, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, somewhere right there. I didn't look up the year. And they had lots of eyeballs on them. But yet they both the had TV shows and everything. Yeah. yeah, they were they were doing quite well for themselves. But they were obviously there was some breakdown of either planning long term for that success or pivoting with it and utilizing it in a way that they right. can maintain it. You see some people who come out um, 
while I'm massively not a fan, but the Kardashians have done a phenomenal job. She, you know, was a closet organizer for Paris Hilton, but leveraged that and grew and grew and grew. So whether you're a fan or not, and I typically don't watch the Kardashians. I'm trying to tread lightly for people that love them. Yeah. She took what she had, leveraged it well, and grew into an empire. Then you watch John and Kate plus eight were given a lot of opportunities and really weren't able to make that work. So just be set up with systems to handle the growth ahead of time. All right, let's move into the next one. A $99, $399, or $1,000, $99 course will grow your business. We're not going to spend a lot of time here because we have an episode coming out that will pertain to this myth and another myth. And But you have to really take a look at those courses. Do they match your personality? Does the person you follow that inspired you to buy this course, do they... Do you relate to them? Do you see yourself in them? Because I know, I've talked about this before, I know I'm a little bit more on the introverted side. So if your course is telling me that I need to go stand on the street corner and do a big dance, I am probably not going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That course isn't going to work for me. So look, you know... It's look at no, the person, like Nina said, I, thought, I think that's a great sentence. Look at the person advertising the course. Do you see yourself in them truly? But I think we'll we'll yeah. kind of leave it at that on this. Or like, do you want to add to it? No, I don't want to cut um, you off. No, I mean, that too. And like, I would just say, like, if you're, like, not to say that the courses aren't, they can't be advantageous. They can. Just figure out the ones that work for you. Don't feel like you have to just, like, because everyone's taking it, you heard it worked for your friend, it'll work for you. Do some research, look into what it'll offer. And a lot of them you can, like, especially these ones that are just designed by an individual or by, by a small, smaller companies, email, ask questions, see if they're, you know, what are the, you know, the, like the actual items? What can you, what are you going to get out of it? Can you just YouTube it and find this information? Do you learn what you need to learn by YouTube? Like, you know, like sometimes just doing the research for the class, you can kind of figure out what you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to jump into that a little bit more in the in another episode. So I'm really excited because we were both very passionate about right, the subject yeah. and I've fallen victim to some of it. So that's another reason. OK, the next one is I have a successful social media account. I don't need a website. Do I think everyone in the world that is in business needs a website? I do not. But I think you are in a dangerous spot to build on rented land. TikTok right. is already seeing multiple bands in yeah, the shadow banning that they do and right well it's banned on a lot of universities now and i know that oh, there's ways true. around it yeah, i know there true. i'm not saying that it's you know you can't get on at uf but they are trying countries have banned it congress has met about it it's a very scary place so if people have fallen in love with you in social media they want more of you they're craving more of you well also too i don't know are you around for vine Remember Vine? Vine was amazing. I love, I was obsessed with Vine. Vine's very similar to TikTok, if you know what I'm talking about. And I don't remember what exactly happened, but I just know that one day I had Vine, one day just no, nope, no more. It's not like it like died out and it became less popular. It was taken from us. And And I loved it. Same with like the Angry Birds game. Like I didn't play that one, but like sometimes those things, like stuff just happens and you, and you can't control it. Also, like I'd be lying if I said that I could exactly explain the algorithm because even whatever even if i could it could change in a few months and then you have to reevaluate and yeah abs- yeah i agree with you 100% on that and what happens when you love someone like on the internet 
you want to find out more, you crave them more. And that, that, that means that they're a hot lead if they go to your website. If they found you on social media and they've thought enough to go to Google, so log out of Instagram, log out of TikTok, go to Google. Or just type, click your link in your profile. Well, yeah, whatever it yeah. is. But to move from the platform to go find you yeah. means that they are probably a warm to a hot lead if I had to guess at that point. They are craving more interaction. So I don't know why you wouldn't give them more interaction. Right. And I know we're trying to get these out quickly, but I wanted to speak into one more thing. Instagram and TikTok, and now Pinterest has moved to this, does everything in their power to keep you on their social platforms. So if they are trying to get their users to stay on Instagram longer, what do you think is going to happen if someone's scrolling through and they see your account? They're going to stay on the platform and then they're going to see someone else's account and someone else's and someone else's and then they're going to forget about yours. And one thing that drives me nuts about Instagram and it's like, it's more of a personal problem than anything, but like, let's say someone sends me like a reel or something or like, I think it's the reels and then I watch the one they sent me and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so funny and then I scroll to the next one it doesn't send me, like, they could send me two. It won't send me to their second message. It'll send me to other related reels. Right. So if someone's sending, you know, your post out and then they scroll, you know, you want them to go to your website because if they just scroll, it'll just go to a different person that will have similar content to you and then you'll either blend you're in lost. or they'll just, yeah. yeah, you're lost, you yeah. know? A website allows you to stay, it grounds you. It grounds right. you really strongly. Plus also it just makes you, I feel like it gives you a little bit more credibility. It gives you a little bit more of a, like, just makes you look a little more official, you know, a little yeah, more snazzy. For sure. Uh, followers are clients is the next myth we're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay, I have fallen victim in this one as well. In the very beginning of my social media journey, you're so hungry to get followers because you believe it gives you clout. It believes it gives you it, you believe it gives you that authoritative figure look that we're saying a website gives. Yeah, and that's just like a nice metric to kind of measure your success. Not because it's a good metric, but because it's easy and it's successful. It's and easy. It's right there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And everyone else, it's right there at the top of your Instagram profile. So even if I don't want to watch it, my followers can see it, you know. Right, but it's it's not the truth that it's your clients. It's a lot of it's your mom, your dad, your cousin, a nosy ex-girlfriend of your current boyfriend. There's a lot of people that can be. So just don't get caught up in that number. I think people preach this a lot for right. good reason. It is hard to not get caught up in that number. That's why we've moved a lot of our efforts off of social media and into a blog. It's quiet over there. I speak about that a lot. So that's kind of a... A given. We're going to move on from that one. The next myth is email marketing doesn't work. I don't ever check my email. Well, that is a huge myth. There is an average of 42% of return on investment in email marketing. So for every dollar you spend or invest towards email marketing, if done correctly, there is a $42 return on investment. That is it's large. Right. Yeah. I mean, because maybe you don't check your emails, but like think about like I know I'm if I'm like wanting to buy something I might sign up for the email newsletter and then I'm going to check but you do emails, check your you know, emails if you this, care about it exactly so like if they're like maybe you might not get a bunch of cold leads signing up for your email list but you'll probably get some warm ones that are signing up for it so I feel like that might be a little bit of the reason why you get more of a return because you could it's a little bit more of a warmer lead you oh know? for sure so the average national open rate is 15 percent for email marketing so about 15 percent of your email list opens your um your email newsletter and i know what you're thinking only 15 percent. well here's the thing only one to three percent of your social media followers are seeing your content 
my average open rate is 70 to 75%. But that is because I've curated that the people that sign up for my newsletter have went through one to two other steps. Either they've attended a class or they've signed up for a freebie. I want them to already like me. I don't want to waste my time if I'm never going to be the person for them. So I only have my marketing set up where you're already a warm lead if you're signing up, which makes you excited to open that newsletter from us. So have a strategy, be selective on creating this email newsletter. Again, this would need to be an episode all on its own. We'll come right, back to yeah. it. I know you're very passionate about the email marketing. Yes, so. Nina, Nina's like, here she goes. She's about <laughs> to go on one of these tangents. Stop. We told him we'll be short. All right, we only have two more minutes. Let's go through them. I don't need to attend in-person networking events. I have a jam up social media presence. Yeah, no, that's that. That's definitely a myth. I mean, we've. I feel like we've talked about this in other podcasts too, but like you cannot replace that in-person networking you know like even if you post all the videos and you you do the get ready with me's and the a day in the life with me all day long it won't replace that in person human connection that human connection as much as the video can help supplement it and the social media accounts can help supplement that connection being real and authentic and you know in your skin out in person shaking hands it just makes a big difference. It's quicker too. So it can take True. someone over a year to follow you on social media before they're brave enough to call you, DM you, slide into wherever. Uh, in person, you can make a deal in one night. You can go to a nice fancy dinner, spend an hour sitting next to some random person they place you next to, talk to them all night. And at the end of it, they're like, can I call you tomorrow about buying a house? It is quick. So if you are struggling with making any type of moves in your real estate business or any business, Ask yourself, what does your in-person networking look like? Okay, final one we're really going to be short on because there's a whole episode on this, and that is bro marketing and cis marketing. I don't really have a myth set up, but believing the tactics that bro marketing and cis marketing uses. define bro marketing for us. Bro marketing or cis marketing, they're the same. I just wanted to give them both, you know, names, Mm -hmm. is when people use very inflated visuals or inflated words to get you to buy or they use a sense of FOMO. Yeah, or like that scarcity mindset. Yes. Like the... I'm looking for, I see this on Instagram still. I see, I'm looking for five people to, so, you know, five women to do, join my class. I need five more. I saw our, you know what I've been seeing going viral on Facebook lately this past few days is that they'll send this like picture of something and be like, there's only, uh, no one's gotten the answer yet. Four more guesses and you can win. But everyone's getting sent to their website to go sign up for something. It's like yeah, some way to just get their information, which I mean, yeah, they're probably getting a lot of people added to their email list, but all those people were misled into thinking it was something slightly different and that you needed them for something. Right, they're going to be a one-time customer because they're going to have a bad taste. They're they're going to go through those steps and get irritated and then be like, oh, wait, you're trying to sell me something. I thought you were giving me something, you know? Right, the switch bait doesn't work. I don't like that. And and I just want people to be aware that it exists and to really steer clear of it. And we're going to dive deep into another episode. So that was our bingeable episode today. I hope you enjoyed. Hopefully you're just now pulling up to the store or your kids are just now running back inside and your quiet time was over. So thank you for using your few minutes to listen to us. Absolutely. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I hope you can use these myths to, you know, not get sucked into some of the the things that were told on on, uh, online. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thanks.